Real quick, before we begin, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Berman Hour podcast. Pretty please. Rate us five stars, write us a nice review, and then hit that subscribe button. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much. All right, let's go. Hello and welcome to the Berman Hour podcast. I am your host, Jeff Berman. As always, thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Will Romeo from the band Nexgars. Will Romeo, Will Romeo. I think Will Romeo sounds better. A little bit more like Little Romeo. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it. All right. Nexgars have been very much in demand in the music podcast circuit in the past few months. So I wanted to give this interview that I did with Will a little bit of breathing room. Uh, truth be told, full disclosure, this was a month and a half ago, but I think it's the best interview that he's probably ever done in his fucking life. So he should be grateful. No, I'm very grateful to have Will on the Berman Hour podcast and uh, everyone be sure to check out their new record. Don't panic. It's fantastic. I have a few announcements and things I need to get to. Before I do that, I do want to thank our sponsor, of course, New Wave's Flow State Coffee. This is coffee for creative types like you and me. Go to newwave.co slash Berman and get 10% off your order. N-O-O-W-A-V-E dot C-O slash B-E-R-M-A-N. Also, I'm doing a new podcast. I have really tried to not make the Berman Hour podcast too much about professional wrestling, which is one of my favorite things. For those that know me really well, you know that I'm a wrestling fan. You know that I like to talk wrestling, especially with other wrestling fans. And I've actively, actively tried to not have people on the podcast to talk about wrestling because I know that's a big turnoff for a lot of my Berman Hour audience. And that wasn't the intention of what I was trying to do when I started the Berman Hour anyway. However, along with my friend Amanda Bones and my friend Bradley Palermo, we have started a new podcast called All the Heels. And what we do is we talk about the current professional wrestling product. We talk a little bit about classic professional wrestling. But what we mostly do is we break down the television drama series on stars called Heels. It's a new TV drama starring Stephen Amell. And it's about a wrestling family, a small wrestling promotion in a small town in Georgia. So if that sounds like your thing, to hear me and my friends break down this television show about wrestling and to break down what's happening in the world of professional wrestling, be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Look us up anywhere you find podcasts. All the heels. Like all the feels, get it? All the heels. Next up, another plug. I have reopened my custom song shop. I am a songwriter first and foremost. Songwriting is my passion. It is my favorite thing. And I have had my custom song shop closed for the past year because of the pandemic, having a baby, etc. But it's open again. So if you need a song, a custom song that is for you or for that special someone or for that special moment that can be yours and only yours, go to downright.com slash artists slash Jeff Berman. Take a look at what I offer, and let's work together. Again, for those in the back, Downright, as in D-O-W-N-W-R-I-T-E dot com, 
slash artists slash Jeff Berman. And I'll write a great song for you, and you'll love it. I have many happy customers, and I'm so excited to be doing it again. So the custom song shop is open. The new podcast is kicking. New Waves Flow State Coffee is keeping me awake, considering I have a newborn. And it's always good to be here with you on the Berman Hour podcast. So please enjoy my interview with Will from Next Scars, and I'll see you on the other side. Let's get it. So where are you at the moment? I'm in Bronx, New York. Okay. What exactly does downstate New York mean? You know what? <laughs> That's what like Justin in Next Cars is from and he's from he's from Mayapack, which is like outside of northern Westchester. Mm-hmm. And we used to live in Beacon, New York together, which is Dutchess County and near Poughkeepsie. And yeah. I guess that's what like people call it. It's sort of like because you can't technically call it upstate. Because people from like Syracuse or like near Canada get upset because you're only an hour from the city. <laughs> yeah, New York is fucking big, man. Yeah, it's huge. I've, you know, you've, I'm sure you've driven yeah. to Canada from there. It's like, oh yeah, Buffalo is like eight hours away from. The yeah, city. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long fucking way. Mm. Uh, so, are are you the only one from Next Cars in the city? Uh yeah, technically. I mean, mm. I'm so northeast. I live like where I live in the Bronx is like three miles from Westchester County. I'm like 25 okay. minutes to Greenwich, Connecticut. Well, that's important if you ever want to go to the corporate headquarters of world wrestling entertainment. My brother who used to play in my old band actually worked for WWE in Darien, Connecticut. <laughs> what and, was he doing which, for them? Uh, he was a he, I, staffing recruiter. Yeah. They have their own in-house department and that's in Darien right out of Stanford. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So you grew up in that part of the greater New York metro area? Yeah, I live – my parents live seven houses away. I'm in wow. my neighborhood. And it's, like, weird. So I lived in Beacon with Justin mm-hmm. years ago, and then I, I got married, and my wife got – my wife's a stenographer at the Bronx County Court. She works for the state. So we didn't live together until we got married, and this was, like, the ideal place to move. I mean – it's only six miles away, but with traffic, it takes like an hour to get there every morning. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, something I had trouble kind of nailing down about you and your bandmates as I was doing some research. First of all, Don't Panic is fantastic, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's fan- it's a really great record, and it, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. I was not expecting to uh, – well, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, and uh, – I didn't have the buy. I heard the songs before I realized that you were working with Andy, and before you, I realized you were working with, you know, my publicist, and we were kind of on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> so I would I would sing your praises even if I didn't like it. But I'm being yeah. honest and oh, thank uh, you it means a lot. Genuine. Yeah. When the I same say goes I like for it. you, man. I I've been following you for years. Oh, um, thank you, thank you very much. And I actually used to, I play in a, I I used to play in Sammy K's band, and Sean from the Scandals used to play bass with us sometimes. And I know he, he where at one point he did a tour with you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i love I mean, that I guy i don't know what it's going to take for him to you know permanently be in divided heaven but yeah putting him on the spot on a public forum such as a podcast might actually be the best manner of, of doing so yeah he's so good <laughs> yeah but i couldn't nail down are you guys all kind of my age like late 30s i'm 40 you're justin 40? justin's 35 colin's 35 craig is 48 nice because I thought it was peculiar in one of the bios or one of the write-ups that I had read about you and your bandmates, 
it said something about after cutting your teeth in the DIY scene for two decades. And I was like, that's a really interesting way of saying we're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My buddy Craig, who handles some of our layout stuff, I was like, can you, he's really, he makes little one sheet kind of things. And I was like, yeah, dude, can you make, put something together? And I've known him for a long time. So it was like, he's seen a couple of my bands play. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, making yeah. fun of you guys for no, being, but I think that's a kind of an interesting angle for your band is that you're not pretending to kind of be you know the spring chickens of yeah. the, the queen the the scene quote unquote and at the same time you also haven't like totally embraced the i don't give a fuck old dude like bullshit toxic new york hardcore mentality and you know what i'm talking about I yeah i i yeah. totally got what you're saying yeah do you guys feel like you're kind of um an island in in the middle of those two generations yeah i mean like definitely i feel like when i started touring in bands was like in the early 2000s like the drive-through records kind of vagrant all those punk rock had its second wave of becoming mainstream again and you know but the bands that always gravitated me to start a band were like you know like small brown bike and like hot water music and all the stuff like you know and like it was really great to see like bands like the alkaline trio were getting big and i like love face to face and so you know i came up in like that jersey new york like diy hall show kind of scene and in the late 90s and and when i was in college you know definitely uh things were getting, you know, there were shows all the time. I went to Manhattanville College in Purchase, New York, and SUNY Purchase was across the street. I saw like Coed and Cambria, the Ataris, sure. and like classrooms and stuff. So <laughs> it was really exciting. And then like when you start, when at 20 years old, when you started playing in a band and you're like, I can maybe do this. And like, I'm gonna, you know, and then you graduate college and you buy a band and go on tours that are, you know, really, uh, really hard, but they're still having the time of your life. And it's... economically futile to the point where you completely yeah. flush down the toilet any semblance of future that you went to college for to begin with. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh... and now here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All these years later, we're, we're on a Zoom call on a podcast. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Some, yeah. some days I think, yeah, I made the right decision. And then some days... I don't know. Yeah, I definitely. I I think <laughs> with my with the misery and like the uh, the negativity that I used to have for so many years, it's like right now I'm like you know this is really cool that I get to like especially the pandemic for sure. Like oh, I'm, we're playing two shows with Jukebox Romantics like it's Friday and Saturday in like the area in like Westchester and Connecticut. So I'm like yeah, yeah I should be a little more grateful. I'm I wanted to ask again. you about that. Well, we'll get into shows. I I kind of want to go down. Yeah. I want to go down that path and at the same time of avoid having just a, a total, you know, pandemic era discussion. But mm -hmm. I'm curious in terms of how you view yourselves as next cars views themselves. Was it, you know, like, was it a matter of putting out a record that was more emblematic of where you are up until this point? Like, is, is the record a really good extension of, you and you have really great bandmates and really great friends or is it a really good honest extension of the four of you well i think lyrically it's definitely an extension of me because sure. um you're I the primary a, songwriter right uh yeah we like music we all we've all contributed to the record i write all the lyrics but um I that's what i meant yeah yeah i definitely uh 
felt like I could, I, this is the first full length I put out in close to 20 years. I was in bands that just didn't get that far. Yeah. And then I was in a band with Justin and Colin called Game Day Regulars. And we, uh, we never got that far. And we had, a, it was one of those things, had 11 bass players. They joined later on. It was just like, and we still were like, we got to play shows. We got to play shows. Really, at the end of the day, what we should have did was like sit down and wrote a record and like right. take that proper time off to do it the right way. And we were always putting out things here and there. But so that was like a goal for me initially. And definitely, I definitely had a lot of stuff from like growing up and just like, you know, toxic like relationships with like family members and mm -hmm. this and that that I needed to, I need to get that off my chest. And then it all kind of just came together. And I think like, musically and writing wise now i feel like it's i'm in a good place with it you know it's able to i'm like really enjoying making music and i'm spending more time at like my little home setup and whatnot how long have next cars been together uh we started like the end the very end me and craig started craig craig works next door to me we started just writing some songs together and i brought the other guys in because the band kind of game day kind of ended weirdly like, but know, was this like, relatively recent, like in the past handful of years, or has this been around yeah, for a while? No, we were banned. We, we stopped playing like 2017. And then I called those guys up because I was always friends with them. And I got, you know, and then Craig was drumming and we just put this together and wrote some songs and we just like kind of got out of our heads about it. You know, it was always like, it's got to sound like this or this. And then we just like, all right, let's just bring songs to the table. It was kind of, and they started bringing in, and I started seeing it as more of like, it's not it's our band i used to always just be like this is my band and i'm writing songs and everyone's contributing but i just sat back a little bit and the process got way more enjoyable and relaxing and i definitely took that pressure off of me and you know and so putting together your first thing out there in the world was like you know a little intimidating because i haven't done anything like this in a while what was the first release that next cars did was it this we did a we did god damn it yeah okay um we did it and it, we just put it out digitally and eric from goddamn it's like one of my closest friends and um you know we just wanted to do something with them you know and yeah i've known eric for a long time yeah you're, well. you're you're originally from pennsylvania right yeah and i'm back now oh you're in pa yeah yeah i'm, I'm here um I, what, I what part are you last in? Year. lancaster oh cool yeah um i think the one of the last shows we played with sam we played that lizard lounge at the yeah. chameleon yeah, yeah we played there and there's that record store there uh mr suit yeah that's a and, cute little town i've, I've yeah. played shows there in the, like my old hardcore days there's a ton of shows over there yeah well unfortunately lizard lounge and the chameleon are, are no more at least for now that's the, the, the there could be something else that's the scuttlebutt on the street but mm -hmm. i i also kind of feel very much like the old out of touch dude <laughs> because i would tour through occasionally and i would come back and visit family regularly over the past 20 years that i didn't live here mm. but now that i'm here and i'm trying to reestablish roots in kind mm. of a music scene you know while i have a brand new baby and it's a mm. pandemic and i'm not really being social anyway i'm kind of i'm learning i'm relearning how people here communicate it's very different than how people in california or even in new york mm. city communicate mm -hmm. And it's very much an adjustment. I, I wasn't really anticipating mm -hmm. having to readjust back to this sort of weird way of, of communicating. I don't know. But the, the point I was asking or I was trying to get to earlier was, you know, it didn't seem like you guys were at a point where you needed, if once game day was done, it wasn't like you needed necessarily to be doing something like this. And I think that's mm -hmm. why I found this record refreshing 
and I'm glad I, I uh, dated you guys correctly, g- uh-huh. generally speaking, because it seemed like a record that was coming from people that were my age, and yeah. there was something attractive about that. Not that I don't think that people who mm. are older than us or younger than us shouldn't <laughs> take take a spin of, of Don't Panic, but um, it's very much uh, emblematic of where y'all are mm. right yeah. now, as opposed to it being kind of a chapter a, a currently captured chapter of something that previously happened. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, totally. And uh, it was really in, with these guys, it was, I think I, I just needed to kind of be in a band with definitely starting something new with Craig. And I've known Craig for years. He owns the restaurant next to where I work and with Justin and Colin, like, you know, it, it's great to be in a room with them. And it's like, I definitely have that feeling of like, I'm with my friends, you know, my the other other bands I've been in, it definitely gets a little like, you know, oh, I can't stand this guy. Why am I doing this? So it's fun. And that's the most important thing. It's got to be fun because why are you doing it if it's not fun? Yeah. And it seems to be doing well to a point where it seems like you guys have been enjoying this. This isn't the first podcast that you've done. And it seems like the press around the record has been really positive and yeah. people have been really receptive to it. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, Are you pleased with that? I'm very happy with it and, and Kevin um, Kevin Day did a great job with it. And it was a the whole team with Sell the Heart engineer and Kevin, me and Justin were kind of, you know, talking with them with all this stuff. It was a really good process. Everyone worked hard. I've never had this good of a label experience, to be quite honest with you. A bunch of guys <laughs> that are like, you know, like, we want this to work. Like, you know, normally yeah. it's like, um, when am I getting when am I getting the records? Uh, and you don't hear from them or they're in like, you know other life stuff happens that they got to attend to. And I totally get it. You know, yeah. we're like a new band who you're investing money in like us, but you know, so I'm super grateful. And the team was great. Kevin was great. I'm also was, a, you know, my old band used to play with a Spigo whenever we mm-hmm. could. And we, I love that band and love his new project and stuff. So um, it was great. He took it on it, it, We didn't, he was so busy. So I, I was really grateful that he was able to take this record on. Yeah. I think he agreed to work with me. Because there's a new Divided Heaven record coming mm-hmm. eventually. And I was like, yeah, well, in the meantime, I have a few singles. Do you want to work the singles? And he's like, sure. Yeah. And by the way, they're fantastic. Oh, uh, thank you. But I love them. I love them. I, we laugh about it now because I definitely, I feel like he and I worked these singles as if they were records. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of an interesting dynamic to be in a band in 2020 and 2021 that I don't think a lot of people who aren't in bands recognize i think because the music just shows up effortlessly onto their phone they assume that people are just kind of effortless effortlessly putting it out mm-hmm. for those that understand that there's a greater uh, idea of campaign around it or a publicity angle and campaign that's a whole other thing but how important and then how did it happen was it for you guys to take this next scars ship and build a team around that. Was that something that was easy for you guys to do? Or were you determined to just kind of get the music out regardless of who you ended up working with? I definitely, we definitely were not. So the record when we recorded at Nada Recording, we had to stop because of the pandemic. We had to cancel really? the last two sessions and we picked, we took six months off. Okay. Wrote a couple extra songs, picked up and finished it by December, it was done. We had three sessions, one in November and two in December, yeah. finished it. And then it was like, you know, we'd all been in bands before and we definitely wanted someone to put it out. So we definitely, um, 
you know, we definitely want to not make some of the same mistakes. And it just was an organic process. Definitely. My buddy, Jeff Dean from, he's in a band called all eyes West and airstream futures. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, cause I sent him the record and he was like, Hey man, you know, um, Andy from tsunami bomb has a label and maybe you should send it to him. And I was like, sure. So we sent it out to everyone and I got a response from Andy and we, we talked to some other labels and uh, that was like kind of was, the building block of how everything. Came yeah. Together. And yeah. he was, we had a really good first call and I felt a really good vibe and, and it was, he was, it was everything was so upfront about everything, you know? Um, and what's and the label in Europe that you're working with? Engineer. Yeah. And they're in the UK or in the Germany? UK, in the UK. Yeah. And, uh, he, um, my, my buddy Craig, um, he actually used to run the engineer us Got operations it. over here years ago. I mean, engineer has been a label for like over 20 years. I mean, they put out some hot water music stuff, I think it's been some. a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, that was a, that was an easy, he set that up and then we had everything and then was like, all right, let's figure out everything else that goes along to it. It's a lot of work. I mean, people <laughs> like there's this whole like misconception, I think with a lot of like, even like younger bands that think like, Oh, I'm just going to spend 2000 bucks a month, get a publicist and I'm going to get, everyone's going to hear my music. And it kind of doesn't work like that. Yeah. So it's all like, it's definitely all like uh, timing and like luck of a draw. And like, you know, you know, I think it's all like, I think it's, you know, the process, you got to watch every move in the process or, you know, mistakes happen or things don't go right. You know? Yeah. Even if the plan goes haywire, it's good to have a plan. Yeah. for release yeah but every once in a while you'll hear something from somebody and actually kevin told me about a, a band that he was friends with they just kind of on a whim put up their discography because they've been broken up for a few years mm-hmm. and a few of the songs got picked up on a playlist and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're more popular than they ever were when they existed that's yeah, funny how that works <laughs> yeah. how do you guys this is there's no wrong answer here but i've been asking this question so pretty much everybody in the musical world that I've been interviewing on the Berman Hour, but also for my work that I was doing with Hello Productions, who were a lot of Nashville-based artists, but everybody kind of has like a different tinge on relatively the same answer. So I'm curious how you and your bandmates feel about the pressure to have music to release into the ether of Spotify while also having it as something that you will never eventually have on your merch table, right? In in some sort of physical form, presumably vinyl, which you guys are doing, and and CDs for those that still buy it. Is that something that keeps you up at night, like it does to me, or um, is that something come, you guys just took in stride and just went for it? It's put me in a really bad mood. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've uh, so, yes, fucking vent. This is this is what I want. I, I will right, fucking right. go for it, man. So I definitely, um, I just, I, I never really understood how that playlisting thing worked. And I, I know people have given me ideas and then I'm like, how come this band is going up like a thousand listeners a day? And I'm like, oh, and then my friend was like, Yo, you know, there's people that bought these things. I'm like, really? So I did an honest playlist push and I got us up to like 1800 listeners. And now I'm yeah. just each day I'm watching it go down and I'm like, how do I make this better? Do I, I don't really want to put any new music out. We just put out a record. So yeah. And for a while I said to myself that I said to myself, I'm like, this is never going to work. And then like, you hear like industry people, like we don't even look at a band that we'd want to work with like a booking agent, unless they have 5,000 listeners a month. And I'm just like, okay. Um, 
So we're never going to get there because this thing is the only thing that really matters. And and I hate when people tell me, well, you know, digital is the only thing that people care about. I'm a I'm like thousands of records. Like yeah. I collect records. Uh, I I don't buy into that at all. I'm I buy the record of a band that I like always. And um, so it's like I'm starting to gravitate towards this thing that this doesn't really mean that much, even though it does bother me watching those numbers drop every day, like three and three or two. Throw yeah. another throw another playlist push in a little bit you know the analytics side of me really likes working the numbers essentially and and like seeing how it works and i like seeing how the authenticity of certain or not the authenticity but how certain songs have a kind of find a genuine niche Mm -hmm. in in certain markets and the fact that they give you that information i think is really interesting and it can make for really compelling decisions that bands make in terms of where they tour and mm-hmm. what merch they do and how they tend to plan future releases. But I was kind of hoping that COVID and this pandemic was going to wipe out the notion that Spotify is the end-all, be-all metric. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that inherently is toxic. A, because 100. they don't pay well, and that's been really well documented. Mm-hmm. But B, is that it's inherently unfair to smaller bands. Yeah, 100%. And- so... I just and I'm also not convinced that people just aren't cheating left and right. Like I'm not gonna I don't wanna get litigious, you know, here, but yeah. there there are certain record labels that we know of. I'm going to jump to the conclusion that they know how to get their bands on certain playlists yeah. so that they can stay in that that tier. And good for them. I'm not faulting them for doing that. Mm-hmm. But it creates a caste system for artists within the independent world. I mean, that's the thing on Spotify. Our bands are, you know, we're going up against Duran Duran and David Bowie just as much mm. as we are Hot Water Music and, mm. you know, the Flatliners. So, And the funny thing about it, it's like, so I, and this is going to sound crazy, or maybe you probably could relate to it, but that's the first thing I look at when I when I check out a new band, how many numbers they got. Like, I'm wired like that already now. So I noticed, I saw, I, look, I looked at your numbers and it's like, but like when you play the fest, you play in front of a lot more people. So it's like a band that could have like a hundred listeners a month could play a show like at the fest or a thing because people just generally there's this whole network of different bands talking about each other bands. And that's kind of how it should be done. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm hoping that mm. this pandemic just eliminates that whole yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause it's like, you can play in front. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I find more value in people actually purchasing the physical record than. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me, me too, for sure. Mm-hmm. But you guys are getting back to playing shows. It's we're recording this on Thursday, the fifteenth. This will come out sometime next week mm-hmm. when I find the time between diapers to to edit it and put it up. But you guys are playing tomorrow night, mm-hmm. right? Is the show tomorrow night in New York or in Connecticut? It's in it's in New York. It's in Yonkers, which okay. is right outside of the city. Yeah, just up the road. Are you, is this your first show back? No, we did an outdoor show our, um, the day our record came out. Uh, it just happened to be that. We didn't like plan it or anything. A buddy of mine owns a craft beer bar in, up in Northern Westchester called the Green Growler. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey man, would you want to, would you want to play outside? He's like, I'm doing shows outside. And we're like, yeah, you know, and everybody in the band was like, yeah, that's cool. Wait, we can make it work. It seems like, you know, safe thing and whatever. So, right, but that was a brewery. So that was like a little bit outside of the normal yeah box are, are you guys feeling any sort of 
nerves or hesitancy about playing this weekend or are you guys just rip roaring and ready to go and, and feeling confident about everything i think we're all i think we're all like uh i think we're all ready like ready to play i think it's and not to mention i personally we've all like we all had to work we all like went into work for the whole year so yeah. and I, I think the one thing that was really great was when we all got vaccinated like yeah I, that was like all right i can relax a little bit you know and and stuff like that but you know it's definitely you got to be mindful of like what is going like you know what's going on and stuff like that you know but we'll see what the turnout's like you know Just yeah from... let's talk next week i'm curious you know yeah. like if, if you ever at either of those shows have any sort of what the fuck moment or mm. like any any moment where your um fight or flight dna kind of like mm. peaks in one way or mm. the other where you really like are like i'm gonna see this through even though you're uncomfortable or you're just yeah. like i gotta go outside for a few minutes yeah i, I definitely know. definitely um i think playing this weekend with friends is, is making it a lot more easier to go yeah. into it yeah you know yeah, you're not rolling so, up to some shitty bar with a bunch of Reverb Nation bands that have no yeah. etiquette. <laughs> yeah, three doors, three doors down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you're in a band called Crippled Urn as well, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which is that they're more straightforward in New York hardcore. Yeah, it's punk rock. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think that wh which band between Crippled Urn and Next Scars is a better representation of? will's personality well i think uh so cripple learn is like i started that like after my other band game day regular stop playing with my buddy tyler we were just like hanging out he moved back to the area and it was really fun like at the end of the day like i came up on hardcore like mm -hmm. you know like lifetime kid dynamite like you know those kind of bands and def and uh and kill your idols and stuff like that so it's really fun at 40 to play really fast with your friends <laughs> and uh and that's like you know we do it just for fun it's really like that's really it i get to play with my friends we have a good time one of my buddies i was in college with hit me up when we needed a guitar player on facebook and he was like can i try out <laughs> my old my old drum yeah so it was like it's a very enjoy enjoyable experience and you know we play in like the area and you yeah. know put we put out uh i'll, I'll forward you our our, our our next ep coming out and um cripple earn i mean um next cars is definitely like you know it's, it's i love writing songs and like sing them and it's definitely the craft and it's a whole completely different collaboration like i just pretty much play guitar and crippled there and help with guitars but Next yeah Star is like my band you know it's just but, it's been something that i've noticed as a uh i don't want to say it's a stereotype but it's it's a pattern mm -hmm. you know now that we're both either pushing 40 or in our 40s where we've noticed all those years ago all of those tough guy bands had somebody in that band that had a softer side to their musical mm -hmm. vibe and if we were lucky enough they pursued it and put out records mm -hmm. that sounded like that and kind mm -hmm. of followed their intuition and it's not like the the difference between the two bands is so drastic you know yeah. it's not like it's you're not you know chris caraba and it up or anything like that yeah. but it's very much uh i i always kind of wonder with that especially out of the new york scene when mm -hmm. when bands tend to be a little bit more open about referencing you know seaweed or like you yeah. guys did as as an influence yeah we love we uh we love seaweed i mean and actually the funny thing when i came day regulars when we did we did a tour to the fest with all eyes west wade from seaweed was 
playing guitar with them <laughs> and it was like nice. it was like you know and like they're definitely one of those underrated bands but i def uh from like out of all those 90s bands that like got massive yeah but there's great songwriting you know yeah and stuff. for sure for sure well will it was great talking with you thank you i thanks for having me of course man and i i can't say enough uh praise and and good things about don't panic the new mm-hmm. record and uh yeah i hope that you know i hope a lot of people hear us but i also hope that you know people hear it and appreciate it and uh we don't get stuck in the trap or the vicious cycle of feeling like people aren't into it because it's not new anymore and they're like well you you gotta release more things to get those numbers yeah yeah i hear you and also um uh the poison our father's beautiful song man i uh Thank you very I, much. I really love it. I'm a big fan of Lydia Lovelace. I mean, I love a lot of like her records are fantastic as well. But I heard that song and it was beautiful. I heard it a couple like weeks ago. Really great. Oh, thank you very much, man. Uh, yeah, uh, she's the way that she sings about vulgarity and sex. I just I find it to be so awesome and just yeah. fucking raunchy and cool. And so when I wrote the lyric "Come on the flag," I thought to myself, you know, it it might. Might it's gonna sound better coming from Lydia Lovelace than it will from Jeff Berman. So you hit it, you hit it, man. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch, and when yeah. when uh, probably next year, I'm sh- I'm sure our bands are gonna be sharing many bills together. I look forward yeah, to it. Definitely. Have a great night, Jeff. Thank you, Will. Thank you to Next Scars. Thanks to all of you for listening. Big thanks to our sponsors at New Wave. Again, newwave.co slash Berman. Get you 10% off your new favorite coffee. Please be sure to check out the new podcast that I'm doing in addition to this one. All the Heels, a wrestling podcast. And of course, the Custom Song Shop is back open. Let's get it. Downright.com slash artists slash Jeff Berman. All right, thanks so much. I'll see everyone next week. Let's go.